USA Wealth Group Inc. presents Money Wise with the Money Guys. Ray Lance and Pete Lance are your hosts for the next hour, talking retirement topics and having the retirement conversation for those at or nearing retirement. For more than 20 years, USA Wealth Group has been committed to helping families protect and grow their wealth. The conversation starts now. Welcome to Money Wise Radio. Good Sunday morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Money Wise. Our topic today is going to be Social Security. A lot of things that you know about Social Security or maybe don't know about Social Security. So I'm Ray Lance, and welcome this morning. And with me this morning is Pete Lance. Good morning, Pete. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. I like to talk about Social Security. Social Security is a critically important program in our country. It's... Um, between Social Security, Medicare, and Medicaid, it comprises 54% of our federal budget. A lot of people don't realize how much money from our tax money goes to support Social Security and the other two programs. And for a lot of people, Social Security can actually be their single largest retirement asset. Well, for a lot of people, it's their only source of retirement income. Um, Social Security is not just another government spending program. It's a promise from generation to generation. That's a quotation from Hank Johnson. Social Security began uh, in the 1930s when Franklin Roosevelt was president. And we were coming out of a depression and a lot of people simply couldn't have survived without Social Security. So as we begin today, I wanna tell you that we do a lot of work in the area of helping people sign up initially for Social Security or go back and look at their records, make sure they're getting the right amount of money that they should be getting. Um, A gentleman named Noam Shabsky once said, Social Security is based on a principle. It's based on a principle that you care about other people. You care whether the widow across town, a disabled widow, is going to be able to have food to eat. For many people, as we've said, it's the only source of income. Yeah, and we're going to get into a lot of different topics and ideas relating to this subject, of course. Uh, You just mentioned checking people's um, retirement records and making sure that all the quarters are accounted for. So even if you are already collecting Social Security, don't think you can't go back and re-examine your records and make sure that your work history is in there correctly because it It's not always the case. So we actually have a lot of material in the office we're going to talk about. We have some of it that's free and available for you uh, to pick up, or when you come in and meet with us, we'll give you some useful information. Uh, If you're looking for any of that, we'll mention the specific outlines and uh, handouts that we have for you. The office number to get any of those is 508-998-8858. We uh, pay for a software called Horse's Mouth. Uh, that has some useful materials as well. Uh, That software allows us to do some in-depth Social Security analysis, including break-even analysis. Uh, So welcome, everyone, and and thank you for listening today. Um, Today we will be talking about savvy Social Security planning, what baby boomers need to know about their retirement income. And for those of you listening, you know, when your parents retired, they probably didn't think too much about Social Security. They just went down to the local office as soon as they turned 65 or maybe at the time it was 62 uh, if they retired early and they applied for benefits. They took their benefits for granted, didn't ask very many questions, but today the baby boomers approach um, to Social Security uh, is probably very different and it's creating a problem for many of you. Well, a lot of people hurt their retirement by making terrible and costly decisions about Social Security. And we're here to help. And, and, you know, one of the questions that I get periodically, and it always surprises me, that there's just a lot of misinformation about Social Security and a lot of ignorance about the subject. I have people who start collecting Social Security, and then they realize they need some more money or they would rather continue working. And they have additional retirement earnings that they're making from a job. And so the question I get is this. If I'm still working after I start taking Social Security, 
Am I still contributing to Social Security and will that increase the amount of money that I get? Uh, the answer is yes. So if you continue to work and contribute to Social Security, even though you've already started collecting Social Security, it will add to your Social Security fund, your account, and it doesn't happen automatically on a monthly basis, um, but we'll show you how to take care of that. And about once a year, they'll go back and readjust the amount of money that you're receiving. And it's logical if you think about it. If you're contributing more money to Social Security uh, into the program, then you should be getting more money out. Well, I, I would say that we see people fairly regularly who say, I regret doing this or I regret doing that. And sometimes we see people who have really fairly significant retirement assets and they'll say, gee, I regret not saving more, I regret not doing more. And I'll say, well, you did something. A lot of people don't even do this. But the biggest regret that we see people is making mistakes with regards to their pension and their social security. And uh, those are the things that we can usually give them some advice on. But certainly if you're looking to make a decision about your pension benefits, uh, options A, B, C, et cetera, We've seen some with as many as you know a dozen or more different options, or thinking about taking Social Security and you're not quite sure and you have some questions, give us a call, see us, we can help. Pete, I think you already know this, but Social Security is not allowed to give information to uh, individuals, uh, not allowed to make specific recommendations as to what your choices ought to be. They can tell you the facts and the numbers, but they're not allowed to give you information because they can get it wrong. So there's a specific regulation that says they're not allowed to give you advice on when to start, how to start, should you do this one, or should you do that one. And um, Social Security is really complicated. There's over 20,000 pages of regulations dealing with Social Security. That must have been a blast to write. Well, it didn't happen all at once. It's like... You know, the federal bureaucracy, it grows. Well, regulations tend to grow. So it is complicated, and one of our jobs here is we'll help you go in and establish a Social Security account, be able to look at your record. Uh, we'll show you what the choices are if you take something at a certain age, if you wait and take it at full retirement age that we're going to talk about in a couple of minutes. So we've got a lot of things to talk about. One of the things to tell you also is we have something called the Baby Boomer's Guide to Social Security. And we usually get that around this time of year, around the time this program is going to be airing. We have received it. And if somebody comes to one of the seminars that we're going to be talking about on Social Security, you, know, you will receive the Baby Boomer's Guide to Social Security. And um, we can also help do what's called a, your customized Social Security analysis and spousal analysis if you're married. So we, we have, go ahead. We will get into more detail about all of that. And, uh, you know, most people think, gee, as soon as I turn 62, I'm going to turn on my Social Security and, and start collecting. But as you mentioned, some people, you know, may want to start working and, and maybe they're not able to do that or they will be penalized if they earn over a certain amount if they decide to go back to work. It's a big decision. Again, it could be your single largest retirement asset. If you think about it, um, you know, it may not sound like much because you're talking 1000 or $1,500 a month, but if you live for another 20 or 30 years, that can add up to be a substantial actual part of your nesting. Well, it can be hundreds of thousands of dollars. We're gonna talk about that uh, as we go through the program. So we can do a customized social security analysis if you're married, we can do a spousal analysis. What happens if you're divorced or you are uh, a survivor from a marriage? Um, a survivor from a marriage. Well, let me explain I think that. we're That's, all kind of survivors. We're all marriage. survivors from marriage, I guess. <laughs> uh, those of you who have engaged in the activity known as marriage, yes. Um, so uh, if you have been married and one of your spouses <laughs> dies, you are a survivor. That's what I was trying to refer to. <laughs> Okay, that's all right. I know what you. I know what you were going for. It just sounded funny. It did sound funny. Okay, how about the windfall elimination provision or the government pension offset? Do you know that uh, sometimes, and it depends on what state you live in, there can be a windfall elimination provision or a government pension offset. So instead of getting the full Social Security amount, 
if you have a government pension, um, it's going to be used to reduce the amount of Social Security. And I, I'd, I'd say a good 75% of the people I meet with are aware of that, but they don't know the actual amount, most of them. So I can do that calculation for them as well. Um, but there are you know, a good quarter of the people that I meet with who have qualified for both a pension and uh, Social Security benefits, and they're shocked when I tell them that you know, their benefit may be reduced and most likely will be reduced because of the pension. Well, Massachusetts is one of only a handful of states that has some of these offset provisions, unfortunately. And there has been some talk about eliminating that, but there's nothing, you know, right around the corner on it. Well, it would require more spending by the state. It would require legislative action. And um, one of my uh, good friends and clients uh, communicates with me every single week or every single month and gives me the report on what the um, Retirees Association, the State Retirement Association, uh, puts out and they always talk about how can we eliminate these offsets. It, it really is unfortunate. I mean, and the, the main question I get from people who have earned both Social Security benefits and pension benefits is, why am I being penalized? And I say, I, I don't have a good answer for you. You shouldn't be penalized because you've earned both, but that's just what is, is written. Well, my dad served in the Marine Corps for 20 years. He got a retirement pension from the Marine Corps. Then he went to work for an insurance company. Uh, he did that for another 20 plus years. Um, he had a, a pension from that, and he also had social security. He had three different sources of income. You wouldn't be able to do that today. He would not be able to do that. And if you paid into these systems and you've earned it, why shouldn't you be able to collect on them? That's the argument. Exactly. Well, we all have many claiming options. Uh, the decisions you make and the timing of the decisions is going to be critically important. The decision that one spouse makes will impact the other spouse. Uh, Social Security is not a bankrupt program. It's not going to run out of money. It's to help you. So in the next quarter hour that we're going to talk, we're going to discuss much more specifically about how to sign up for it and how to improve your benefits. So. We're going to take a short break and we will be right back and talk about some seminars that we have coming up as well. Stay tuned. You're listening to Money Wise with the Money Guys, hosted by Ray Lance and Pete Lance. If you have questions about retirement, call today, 508-998-8858. That's 508-998-8858 for a consultation or a second opinion on your current retirement plan. 508-998-8858. And now, back to Money Wise with the Money Guys. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to our discussion about Social Security. You know, Pete, a lot of people are concerned about whether Social Security as a program will continue to exist. And what do you think about that? It's going to, absolutely. There's no solution other than that, at least right now. Um, they will always figure out a way to add to the pot, whether that means that um, what they're doing, you know, in France and requiring workers to work an extra two years. It's a different program than our Social Security program, of course, but um, that's what I believe is that they're going to just continue to increase the full retirement age. Um, so, no, it's not going to go away. People are fearful of that. They have been, and we've done seminars in the past. It's been probably three years since we've done seminars on Social Security. It's been a while. Um, but we've always reassured people that it will continue. Well, I think that people are sometimes are concerned about that, and I think the answer is safely yes. There's too many people who are dependent upon the program right now. The worst economic crisis in our country, arguably, was in the 1930s when we had an actual depression, which was even worse than a recession. Millions of people were unemployed, and we had all kinds of businesses and banks failing and so forth. But with President Franklin Roosevelt in 1932, um, 
we had the introduction of the Social Security program. It was based on social insurance instead of welfare assistance. And so the whole debate changed and now people pay into the program and they're entitled to pay out of the program. But like everything else, it gets costly. How much can you expect to receive? Depends upon uh, a couple of things. It depends on how long you live or expect to live. And for most people, it's not gonna be your sole source of income in retirement. So let's talk about the value of Social Security a little bit. Well, before we get into that, let me just mention that uh, because we're having this show, we should also mention, as, as you touched on at the end of the first segment, uh, that we are having seminars coming up on May 10th and May 13th. Good point. All about Social Security. These are not going to be terribly lengthy seminars. They're listed for two hours, but it's certainly not going to be that long. That's more for people who want to stick around after for some Q&A. Uh, but the first one is going to be May 10th from 2 to 4 at Whites of Westport. Right. And the second one is going to be a Saturday, May 13th, here at our office at 352 Fonts Corner Road from 10 to 12. Yep, and that's going to be in the morning at 10 o'clock. Now, we are expecting to add some additional seminar locations and dates. So if you have interest in attending one of these seminars, when you hear this radio show, give us a call at 508-998-8858, and we'll be happy to tell you what the uh, seminar locations and times and dates are. We do absolutely require that you make a reservation. Uh, we will have uh, handouts and special things to give to you when you uh, attend. I assure you that we are trying to make people smarter about claiming Social Security, and I know that you'll be better prepared to make a good decision after the presentation. And I assure you that there will be no selling. It's purely an educational event. So we have something called the Trust Fund for Social Security, uh, Old Age and Survivors and Disability Income Trust Fund. At the end of December 2021, there was $2.85 trillion. I can't conceive of a trillion dollars or even a billion dollars, but it's just a hang of a lot of money, isn't it? I can conceive of it, but... Okay, well, at the end of 2022, uh, just this past year, uh, the amount was $2.83 trillion, so it was down a little bit. But there's a lot of money. Now, does that exist in a bank account somewhere? No. It's a checkbook balance, if you will. A long time ago, the government needed the money and basically borrowed, if you will. So it's a government obligation in the annual budget. Um, and that's why having the budget is so important, because it has to provide for Social Security. So we're not going to get into a lot of details like what's the long-term expectation for it. But occasionally people talk about how do we get more money into the Social Security system. And one of the things that can be done is increase the amount of maximum earnings that have to pay Social Security tax. And I don't agree with what the current value is in this country. So right now, the maximum earnings that you make that has to contribute into Social Security is $160,000. So that means anybody who makes anything from $10,000 up to $160,000, they have to contribute to Social Security based upon their level of wages. But guess what? If you make $260,000, that extra $100,000 over the 160, you don't pay Social Security tax on it. That seems illogical to me. Absolutely, it does. It's the rich getting richer. So the other thing is another device that could be used to improve Social Security uh, funds is to raise the normal retirement age. So if you were born between 1943 and 1954, your normal retirement age is 66. But if you were born in 1960 or later, your normal retirement age, uh, full retirement age, they call it, is age 67. And between 1954 and 1960, if you're born between those years, it has a certain number of uh, months, like 66 and four months or 66 and six months and so forth. Right, and they'll continue adjusting that. I'm quite sure that they will. I mean, 
people are working longer in general. People are living longer. Um, there are, you know, some people who still say, I'm retiring at age 60 or I'm retiring at age 65, and they have a definite, you know, definitive plan. Um, that's something that uh, is admirable, and, and if that's your goal, fantastic. But in general, most people are working and longer and living longer. So for most baby boomers, um, your benefits are not likely to be impacted by Social Security reform. The law is, is there. We get annual cost of living increases. And by the way, the annual cost of living increases are built into the statute. They're built in, into the law. It's not, it's not um, anything that they have to vote on or, or no, need to vote on. It doesn't, uh, it doesn't have to rely upon Congress taking action or not taking actions. It's built into the law, and it's based upon what's happening with the rate of inflation. But we had a lot of inflation last year, so right now we have a, a huge cost of living increase for the year 2023. So what's, what's a better way to think about Social Security as we're going through some of our materials today? Think of it as an inflation-protected source of income for you. You paid the premium out of every paycheck you have, so now what we want to do is tell you how to be smart about filing for and collecting Social Security. Social Security basically offers income that you can't outlive. Yep. So just as an example, and I would say typically the average that we see um, people, you know, $1,500, $2,500 a month, usually what we see um, when we do Social Security analysis for um, our clients. So just as a sort of average, if your monthly benefit is $2,000 today, and you live 10 more years, you'll receive a total of $276,000. If you live another 20 years, you'll receive $602,780. And if you live for 30 years, that's just over a million dollars. So that's why I said at the top of the show that it could be your single largest retirement asset. We had mentioned at the end of the first segment that we were going to get into how to sign up for Social Security. Uh, as you mentioned, Dad, the Social Security offices, the, the employees, are not allowed to give you advice. They will help you sign up if you wish. I would say three or four times a year, I have a client who is not computer savvy, doesn't even have a computer, uh, and they ask for assistance in getting signed up with Social Security. Happy to do that. We have done that many, many times. I'll sit there right with my laptop and help them open up a, a Social Security account and get them signed up. So that's, that's a good reminder because, um, as I mentioned earlier, um, Social Security and Medicare and Medicaid make up 54% of all federal spending, and spending is projected to double in the next 10 years. Medicaid right now, the cost of Medicare is growing by... 9% a year, that's a lot, and Medicaid is growing by 8% a year. So it's not that these things can be ignored, they cannot be ignored. They're, they're not one and the same by any means, but um, it's maybe a good time to mention that we do have Peggy. Uh, she, Peggy Ballmer, right? Yep. And she's here for you if you have any questions concerning that subject. She was a SHINE counselor for many, many years and she can help you with that. So as we've mentioned before, we really can handle a lot of different uh, needs here under, under this roof. So um, Social Security does grow as the cost of living increases and changes, and um, that also impacts uh, how much you're gonna make over your lifetime. But the amount that you're gonna get over your lifetime from Social Security is enormous. For almost everybody, it's hundreds of thousands of dollars. And, People don't often think about it. But the amount that you're gonna get specifically will depend upon how much did you earn over your own working career, and then what age do you apply for benefit. Peter, what do you think is the number one age for people applying for Social Security? 62, because 62. most people want the money. Yeah, I have a lot of people who said, I'm applying for Social Security at age 62 because it's my money I put in there, I deserve it. And you're shooting yourself in the foot quite often if you do that. So we take a good look at everything. We go over your budget. That's an important thing we always talk about. We look at what you need every month versus what you're taking in or potentially taking in. We look at your other assets. And many, many times we will recommend taking money, withdrawing or uh, drawing down, I should say, from another source 
Um, if you don't have any other source, then you might need to start collecting right away. But if you do have other sources, we will typically recommend, it's not a, 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 you know, a blanket statement, but that you draw down from that first because every year that you delay Social Security, it's a guaranteed 8% essentially. Right. And it is a mathematical calculation how this is figured out exactly how much you're going to give back. Um, when we come back after a short break, I want to go into a little detail, but not much because it makes your eyes glaze over about how Social Security benefits are actually calculated. So please stay tuned with us and uh, we'll be back shortly and talk a lot more about Social Security. This is Money Wise Radio with Ray and Pete Lance, powered by the USA Wealth Group. Collectively, more than 80 years of experience helping clients define and plan for their retirement goals. To begin a retirement consultation, call 508-998-8858. That's 508-998-8858. This is Money Wise Radio. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You know, we could talk for probably two full hours on the subject of Social Security and not exhaust the things that we'd like to be able to teach people. Well, one of the things on here before, and I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but um, on a a different set of details that we put together for this show, it says one couple could conceivably have up to 18,000 different ways to claim. That's amazing. So we scary, (laughs) scary and amazing. Yeah, we normally look at um, only about five of the most useful scenarios, which is, first of all, if you make a decision with Social Security, you used to be able to reverse it. Now you have up to 12 months to reverse it, and that's it. Yep. So that's important. Yeah, that's a good point. Let's amplify that just a little bit, Pete. It used to be you could go back and put money back into Social Security that you had taken out if you wanted to wait a little longer before collecting so that you could get a higher amount later. That was changed a few years back, and now you've only got one year to do that. So if you start collecting at age 62 and you say, whoops, I really made a mistake here, because you're going to get a full third or more less over your lifetime if you start collecting at age 62. Yeah, and listen, there are cases, as I sort of alluded to five minutes ago, that there are some people who simply don't have any other assets, and they need to start collecting Social Security once they stop working. So that's, you know, an entirely different case. But for those of you who do have some assets, you know, we might want to make a different recommendation and and set out a different path for you. There are some times where we have met with clients who are in ill health. And, you know, I have to have that frank discussion with them. You know, this is serious business making a, a financial plan for you. So I need to get some information out of you to make sure that it's a solid financial plan and custom tailored just for you. With that being said, if you're sitting across from me and I say, so how's your longevity look? You know, when did your parents pass or are they still alive? And if you say, listen, mom had a heart attack and died at 55, dad died of cancer, even though he didn't smoke at 60, and you're a smoker, I might say, go ahead and start collecting at 62. But again, it varies. Another thing, too, which is a little uh, tip about Social Security, a lot of times people will have retirement accounts like IRAs and 401k accounts. So we want to analyze that as well as when you should be collecting Social Security. So if you're going to get 7 or 8% more per year for every year that you can wait all the way up to age 70, why would you collect at age 62? Well, you say, maybe I need the money. So maybe you might be better off if you take money out of your retirement account, your IRAs instead, uh, you're gonna have to take it out at some point. It's gonna be taxable at some point anyway. And if you can get by and take money out of your 401k or your IRA accounts and sustain yourself in retirement and let Social Security continue to delay and build up higher, that's maybe what you should be doing. But we'll help you analyze that. Here's a quick example. Let's say your full retirement age is 67. 
what's the age difference between 67 and 70? It's three years, right? So for every year that you wait beyond your full retirement age of 67, you don't take it until age 70, you're gonna get 8% more a year. Eight times three is 24. You're gonna make 24% more at age 70 if you wait until then than you would have at age 67. Yeah, so we do a full analysis of all this. We show you very clearly what you're gaining by delaying. You know, some of the investments that we recommend uh, certainly earn more from time to time than 8%, but nothing is guaranteed. This is a guaranteed, you know, 7 or 8% essentially. And that's, that's unusual to have something that's guaranteed. That's why we normally recommend delaying it. And by the way, we've got some really good handout material if you want to call the office at 508-998-8858. We've got something called Fact Sheet on Social Security, 2023 Social Security Changes. It shows uh, what the tax rates are for employees or for self-employed. It shows what the maximum earnings uh, are that are taxable for Social Security. As I mentioned earlier, that's $160,200. So if you make up to that amount of money in wages, the whole thing is subject to Social Security tax. But if you make $260,000, you don't pay Social Security tax on that extra hundred, which I think is wrong. While you're, um, and yeah, I'm in full agreement with that. While you're mentioning the phone number again and the handouts, I'll mention the seminars again because we failed to in the Good. first segment. Uh, we are having seminars on Social Security with a very brief discussion on Medicare by Peggy Vollmer at the end of that seminar. The seminars are scheduled for two hours, but again, as I mentioned, it's really going to be much less than that. It, the, that extra time is just allowed for, you know, some questions and answers and just to sort of hang out after, if you wish. That's going to be May 10th from 2 to 4 at Whites of Westport and Saturday, May 13th from 10 to 12 here at our office on Fonts Corner Road in Dartmouth. We do require that you make a reservation, 508-998-8858. And again, I assure you that we're looking simply to educate people on Social Security so they don't make mistakes. We will have some good handouts to give to you that we'll send you home with. Again, there will be no selling at the seminar. It's purely for educational purposes. So here's a quotation from Senator Dick Durbin. Social Security is the most important social program in America. And I think most people would agree whether it's yourself or whether you have a parent who might be on Social Security, uh, that's important. Let me just come back to these handouts for one second, Pete. This fact sheet on Social Security is an official publication of the Social Security Administration. It also has information about disability for those people who are, are on Social Security disability or wonder about it. We've got something from Advisors Excel called your 2023 Quick Guide to Social Security and Medicare. Great information, we're happy to provide that if you give us a call at 508-998-8858. We also have something called a Wealth Report, seven things to know about Social Security before starting benefits. So you can't remember all the things that we're talking about today, but we've got some handout material. And then lastly, we've got something called what, when, who, how, the Social Security decisions put out by our office. And this is also uh, from Advisors Excel. It sounds like it's from Dr. Seuss. No, it's not from Dr. Seuss. What, who, when, how. Well, it's complicated, isn't it, as we keep saying? It is. And uh, All right, so how do we? I've mentioned this before on past shows, but we do pay for uh, Social Security software. We can do all kinds of different calculators, and one of them is a break-even analysis that shows uh, if you live to age 90 and you start collecting at age 62, how much would you earn and where's the break-even if you started collecting at your full retirement age or at age 70. So here's another misconception people have, and I'm not going to get into the formula because it's complex and not worth it. But Social Security benefits are calculated by looking at your highest 35 years of earnings. They don't take your whole earnings over your entire work history. They don't take your highest earning years. It's in, um, over the, uh, the last five or 10 years that you've worked. It's the highest 35 years of earnings and they're averaged. And then there's a formula for that. And the formula would 
make you nuts to read it. Yeah, and again, as we mentioned earlier, the benefit is increased um, by cost of living adjustments. Those are automatically calculated and and um, every year it's based on inflation. Adjusted. So let's let's go into the subject really quickly. We've got still a lot to cover here. Um, why shouldn't I claim it early at 62 instead of waiting until my full retirement age, which is going to be somewhere between 66 and 67, or waiting until the age of 70, which you can do? Well, your monthly benefit is going to be reduced if you claim early, and it's going to stay in the reduced format for the rest of your life. You're never going to advance to that higher category. It also may be reduced for taxes and Medicare premiums, and the benefits could be withheld if you work, if you continue to work. Um, you can make as much as you want, essentially, once you have reached full retirement age, but if you collect early, you cannot without being penalized. Um, some of the stuff that we're mentioning is, is repetitive, but you know we did mention that the majority of Americans begin collecting at age 62 just because they can. Well, it's just on not knowing the facts and not giving it's an opportunity to do an analysis for you. But here's what you think about when you're deciding when you should apply. What's your health, as Peter mentioned? What do you think your life expectancy is? Do you have longevity in your family or don't you? Do you need the income? Or is there someplace else you can take the income from? Do you plan to continue to work over your normal full retirement age? And then what about your survivor? Um, I want to mention something on that quickly because we've seen too many situations where maybe the higher earning spouse, and historically it's usually the husband, starts Social Security at age 62, that decision does not just impact the husband, it's going to impact his surviving spouse. Because what happens is, if you've got a husband and wife, typically they both have work, they're both going to collect Social Security, the husband starts taking it too early, and he dies first, the surviving spouse, the widow, is only going to be able to keep one of those two checks. So you mentioned earlier about any of you who have survived a marriage. Um, yes. But it's true. If, we'll do it, a show on that sometime. <laughs> that'll be interesting. Um, I'm surprised that you haven't mentioned yet once about marrying up with regards to being oh, able that's to collect. A very good, that's a very important <laughs> point. That's probably the most important lesson we teach here, Pete. So let's say you're married and your spouse dies. And you were married for at least 10 years. Well, no, that's a different subject. We'll come back to that. <laughs> and then you decide, well, I don't really have enough income. And you're thinking of getting uh, married again. Find somebody who has a larger social security check than you <laughs> called marrying up. So just a thought. But what I was alluding to is that you may not even know it, but an ex-spouse uh, can actually collect on your social security benefits. Well... There is so much confusion about this. I want to give you a quotation from somebody called Lane Evans. Only 12% of the electorate names taxes as one of the most important issues facing the nation. They put taxes dead last behind education, social security, health care, Medicare, poverty, and then taxes as the most important issues. So right at the top of the list is education and social security. Well, Stay I've said tuned. for a long time that the education system in this country should absolutely start at the elementary school level by teaching kids about, you know, money and how to balance a checkbook and credit cards and all that. Well, we will be right back after a short break. Stay tuned. is in many places. If you missed a minute of the show or want to listen to past episodes of Money Wise, go online to usawealthgroup.com and click on the radio page. That's usawealthgroup.com. This is Money Wise Radio. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to our last segment talking about Social Security. We're talking faster and faster because there's so much material to talk about, so many concepts. So, again, I'm Ray Lance, and with me is Pete Lance. 
Welcome back, Pete. Hello again, and let's welcome mention, to our final segment. Let's mention very quickly about the seminars that we have coming up, and we will be scheduling others as well. Absolutely. This will be the third and final time I'll be mentioning the seminars. We haven't done seminars in Social Security in probably three years, um, so we've got all fresh and updated subject material. We do have free handouts that we'll send you home with. Uh, it's strictly for educational purposes. We're not going to be doing any selling. Uh, the first one is going to be May 10th from 2 to 4 at White's. And again, I mentioned 2 to 4, but it's really only going to be about an hour. Uh, and then Saturday, May 13th here at our office on Fonts Corner Road, 352 Fonts Corner Road from 10 to 12. Uh, you do need to make a reservation. The phone number is 508-998-8858. We will also have uh, as a special guest at the end just for about 15 minutes, Peggy Vollmer from our office talking about uh, Medicare. So uh, we will be expecting to add some additional locations and times as well. So if those times and locations don't work for you, give us a call anyway and we'll tell you whether we're doing others. Let's come back to the question about how can you maximize your Social Security benefits? Well, the first thing you can do is make sure you improve your earnings records. Uh, we've mentioned this before several years ago, but I've had clients that had inaccurate earnings records according to Social Security, and when they provided missing information, they were able to collect more money in Social Security. Don't assume when you take a look at your earnings history that it's accurate. Double check it. And what I do is when I do my um, analysis for uh, clients is I will get their Social Security statement. It includes a list of every single year's earning records. Um, and I will re-enter those manually, one by one by one, sometimes, you know, 40 years worth or more, and uh, make sure that the calculation is accurate, first of all. Uh, and second of all, I have them take a look and say, does any of this look um, incorrect to you? There are some times where there's a, a year that's a zero, or there's a year back in 1973 where it went from 1972 there earning $27,000 a year, to 1973 at $7,000 and then back up to twenty-seven dollars or $28,000 next year and I'll say this number is way down is this accurate and they'll say oh yeah well you know I took some time off of work or um, you know maybe I was pregnant and took some maternity leave so most of the times 99% of the times there is a valid reason but I always like to point it out and make sure because there have been some discrepancies that we were able to correct with Social Security in order to increase the person's benefit. Now, the second important point besides understanding your record and making sure it's accurate is to apply for Social Security at the optimal time. Think about your own income now, but also think about what are you gonna have for income in the future? What's your life expectancy? What's your spouse's life expectancy? Do it correctly. Let's say a couple words, Pete, about taxation of benefits. Um, what happens if you start collecting Social Security and you continue to work? Well, here's an important number that you must know. You must know what your, um, your normal retirement age is, your, um, your primary uh, retirement Full retirement age, your FRA. Thank you, I couldn't think of the word. The full or retirement you. age. And that's the age uh, after which you can work and they don't pull back any money from your Social Security check. But let's say your, so your full retirement age is age 67, and, then and you start collecting at age 62, but you continue to work. They're going to take back part of that check money from you. You'll get it back eventually in a readjustment later. But now you've started out setting the floor for your Social Security at this younger age of 62. So it's not a good decision. If you have to retire at age 62 and you want to take your Social Security income at that point, that's okay a lot of the times. But don't plan on continuing to work. There's formulas for it, but you could end up losing money and not collecting anywhere near the amount of money you should over your lifetime. If you do continue to work after collecting Social Security early before your full retirement age, and by the way, the other term is PIA, your Prim primary insurance amount. Right. That's your full retirement age um, amount. Um, if you did continue to work, you cannot earn in 2023, and that number has increased from last year, over $21,240. Otherwise, $1 in benefits will be withheld for every $2 that you earn. 
over that $21,240 amount. So it's wasteful. So it's, it's a foolish, wasteful decision. In general, um, Social Security will be taxed, and there's a formula for that. The maximum tax on uh, Social Security is, well, I should say the maximum income that's subject to taxation is 85% of your income. Um, you'll never pay um, taxes on your Social Security. I didn't say that correctly. Let's do it this way. If you're married filing jointly and you make under $32,000, none of your Social Security will be taxed. If you're making over $44,000 of joint income and collecting Social Security, then up to 85% of your Social Security can be subjected to taxation. We've got a whole chart for that. Um, you can reduce some of your income. Um, maybe you delay taking Social Security and live off your retirement account money. We mentioned that a little bit earlier on the show. but. Don't forget the tax side of this picture. Taxes are extremely important and you don't want to pay, you don't want to receive less social security than what you're entitled to and you don't want to pay more in taxes than what you need to. You also have to anticipate IRA, RMDs, required minimum distributions, which we are always um, uh, alerting our clients about. Um, that may put you into a higher tax bracket depending on the size of those RMDs. Which is a required minimum distribution from your IRA account. Right, and you could also potentially convert a traditional IRA to a Roth IRA. That's a whole other subject for a different time. There are some certain benefits for doing that, um, but it's not for everybody. There's an important uh, interaction and interplay between Medicare and Social Security also. Another major misconception is a lot of people think, well, if I'm 65 and I want to collect Medicare for my health insurance, don't I have to file for Social Security first? The answer is no, you do not. Correct. And again, as I mentioned at the first segment, there are many clients who I have helped sign up for Social Security and sign up for Medicare. Uh, if you need help with that, reach out to me, let us know. Um, there are some people who just simply are not tech-savvy at all or even have access to a computer. Okay, let me mention that here's an important insight for you too. If you are a couple, and it has to be a married couple, not just a living together couple, don't start too early. If you are the higher earner, uh, you wanna maybe delay that a little bit. But again, we need to plug that into the computer and do the formal analysis for you. Spousal benefits are important. Um, this gets complicated, and we have to explain this really kind of important. Complicated is putting it lightly because you need to make sure you make the right decision. Again, it's irreversible after 12 months, so make sure you're making the right choices, and we can help you with that. As I mentioned in the last segment, there's a potential 18,000 different ways that you can um, apply for benefits or get your benefits. Here's a quick example for the spousal benefit. Let's say husband and wife are both starting to collect Social Security. Um, the husband's uh, primary insurance amount is $2,000. Uh, the wife's primary insurance amount is $800. Um, she can apply and collect half of his as a spousal allowance or a spousal benefit. She can get $1,000 instead of 800 She has to be at her full retirement age in order to collect that 50% exactly. of the spouse. Um, so that's a really important thing. Uh, there yep. are some people who will um, claim on their spouse's um, benefits before their full retirement age, and that amount will now be reduced by less than 50%. So we have a whole series of uh, strategies. We can do a customized maximization analysis for you. Then you need to say to yourself, well, what if I'm widowed or I'm divorced? How does that impact my claiming strategy? Well, it does. You might be eligible for survivor benefits um, or divorced survivor benefits. Um, that will increase your check. Uh, we need to talk to you about that. I had a woman in my office once who said, I'm divorced from my husband, um, but we were married for 10 years. Can I collect off of his Social Security? And I said, yes, you probably can, let's take a look at it. And she said, but he was married two times before. And I said, were each of those marriages for at least 10 years? This is a true story. And she said, yes. 
And I started laughing. I said, all three of you, because you had a 10-year marriage, can collect off the record of the divorced spouse, the divorced husband. So here's a man who was married three times, and he's got three divorced women surviving him or following him. All three of them can collect off the record. And he doesn't have to have any knowledge of any of it. None of them know about it. It doesn't affect his benefits, by the way, just so you know. I think there's a moral to this story somewhere, but I'm not sure what it is. Well, listen, I was going to get into some other things, but we don't even have the time to do that. Just a quick reminder about those upcoming Social Security and Medicare seminars, May 10th and May 13th. The first one at White's in the afternoon, the second one at our office in Dartmouth on Fonce Corner Road in the morning, 508-998-8858. Do not make any decisions if you are not entirely sure of what you're doing and certain of what you're doing, and delay as long as possible to collect as well. So the bottom line is this whole subject is very complicated. Social Security is allowed to tell you what the amounts are that you can collect at various ages, but they're specifically prohibited from talking to you about the different strategies. They cannot do it. They're prohibited from doing it. And when you do Social Security analysis, uh, you have to do it in the context of what are your other assets and income sources. Specifically, Social Security personnel cannot project your future benefits through scenario planning, and they can't help you with any innovative strategies that's what we do. Phew, I need a breath. <laughs> You've earned it. Thank you for listening, ladies and gentlemen. Complicated subject. We're happy to teach you more if you come to one of our seminars. And thank you for listening. We'll see you again next week on the radio. This is Money Wise Radio. Investment advisory products and services made available through AE Wealth Management LLC, AEWM, a registered investment advisor. This radio show is intended for informational purposes only. It is not intended to be used as the sole basis for financial decisions, nor should it be construed as advice designed to meet the particular needs of an individual situation. USA Wealth Group Incorporated is not permitted to offer, and no statement made during the show shall constitute tax or legal advice. Our firm is not affiliated with or endorsed by the U.S. government or any governmental agency. The information and opinions contained herein provided by third parties have been obtained from sources believed to be reliable, but accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed by USA Wealth Group Incorporated. This radio show is a paid placement.